is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Welcome to you after Ray's warm welcome. It's great to have you with us for this new first Sunday of the new year in Jubilee. I don't want to spend too long bringing the word today, and I know that will immediately people start smiling, think we can get out of here and have some donuts and coffee for the first time in about a year. Um, I just want to bring a word that I felt God's put on my heart over a couple of weeks now. Um, and so I don't want people to switch on their stopwatches when I say I'm only going to be about 15 minutes. Rob, don't put on that stopwatch. I can see you going for your pocket straight away. Um, and, I, and I believe that Graham's going to build on this over the next few weeks when we talk about a bit about the vision of the church, really. And if you're a visitor here today, then I hope, again, there's something for you to take away back to your own local churches, because actually what I'm, what I'm talking about today is I'm talking about the local church. And I can't think of anything I'd rather invest my time and energy into than the local church. And God gave me two words. The first one was probably back in November time. And he he said to me, I want you to help build on the base. And that's really looking at the church and what we've got and I guess the different compartments of the church. And thinking about what we're doing there and just building some, you know, strong base here. And then on Christmas morning, I woke up, interesting enough, and God said to me, I want you to invest in my church. And investment will have all different connotations to people here, I guess. now, And I'm going to try and... Uh, unpack that a little bit. So, could I have the first slide up, Jeff? Oh, he's got it already. Okay, so those are the first two words. So, invest in my church and build on the base. And I don't believe this is a negative, inward looking approach I'm talking about this morning, but one filled with momentum and adventure. And I don't know about anybody else in the room, but I'm quite involved in um, reading a lot about the First and Second World War. It fascinates me when I look at the sacrifices that people went through. Both men and women gave their lives for this country over two world wars. It has a profound effect on me, really. And I think lots of times when you look at some of the stuff that happened in the First and Second World War, the reasons that some countries lost battles were that, that the momentum was so great that the forwards forces went out and they forgot about the supply lines, which were way behind. And so they ran out of rations and petrol and ammunition, etc. And so therefore, where they could have won the battle if they'd taken a bit more time building the base, actually they lost the battle in the end. And I don't believe this word means that we will become insular and inward looking far from it. Only from a a strong foundational base will we effectively reach the lost, the oppressed and the downtrodden of this world. And I thought about my work approach really sometimes and I wondered how this would fit in sometimes because actually I I run a fairly small team in the workplace and there's 130,000 people that work for the, the company that I work for. And although I'm investing in a small proportion, probably about 7 or 8% of that entire workforce, the company's got to say, well, let's hang on until John Batten get his work and his, his work-life balance sorted out and his team's work-life balance. They're still pulling on with the vision that they've got for the main, the main business, really. So I'm busy investing my time. The company still moves on, and that's the way it should be within the church. Now, Ray mentioned Julian Adams coming to us, and it was a couple of years ago that he came, basically, and brought a prophecy to this church and said back then, two years ago, in three to five years' time, this will be a church of three to five hundred people. Okay, now, we're probably on a Sunday gather, and this is an unusual Sunday for us, I guess, probably gather about 120 people. So, in two or three years' time now, that time's already going very quickly, 
this room will be filled completely and it may be where we've got an interesting situation where we maybe have to have two services on a Sunday or we have to find a bigger building. And so maybe the investment and the building is all because actually God wants to bring growth to this church. I've no doubt he wants to bring growth to this church. But actually when you look at the numbers that we could have over the next two to three years' time, that's an awful lot of people coming in. And so therefore if if they're not walking into something we've invested in heavily now, actually the thing might just fall apart. So could I just start with the second slide there, James? Basically, this is not written by me. This is written by a guy called, um, I can't think of his name now, Bill Hybels of Willow Creek. And this is what he's saying about the local church. There's nothing like the local church when it's working right. Its beauty is indescribable. Its power is breathtaking. And its potential is unlimited. It's the beauty of the local church. Now, you might sit there thinking, actually, cool, it doesn't look very pretty to me what I'm seeing. But actually, it's God's view of us as his church. The church has never been about the four walls, about the building. It's not about the quad that we meet in. The church is all about the people that are in it. So God's looking at it. He says this beauty of the local church is indescribable. It's power, if only sometimes we could recognize the power that we have at our disposal. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us as individuals and corporately here today. Its power is breathtaking and its potential is unlimited. So I wonder if you dream big dreams, if you have visions about you, your corporate walk with God, or if you have a vision or a dream about the local church you're part of. Where do you want to see this church in two or three years' time, I wonder? The potential is unlimited. If we throw ourselves on God, if we, if we ask God what he wants to do with us, actually we can do anything in God's name, can't we? Next slide, please, James. Thank you. It goes on to say, the local church comforts the grieving and heals the broken in the context of community. It builds bridges to seekers and offers truth to the confused. It provides resources for those in need and opens its arms to the forgotten, the downtrodden and the disillusioned. That's what the local church is all about. Probably going back before the welfare state was ever, ever invented and loads of money were poured into it, it was the church that people turned to for everything they wanted there. It was all about seekers. It's all about building bridges, all about community. And in some respects, we might have lost some of that, actually. But in the heart of this church, we are a family on a mission. And it's important, actually, that we offer truth to the confused. We provide resources. We open our arms to the downtrodden, the forgotten and the disillusioned of this world. We are a city church. And I came from a small town church, really, where to get a visitor on a Sunday passing by was the most unusual thing. In this city church, basically, the one thing I've learned very quickly is that actually on a Sunday, people come in off the street just to see what we're all about. And there's a fantastic opportunity for the local church to talk about how we support them and how we love them through Jesus. Next one, please. The local church breaks the chains of addictions. It frees the oppressed and it offers belonging to the marginalised of this world. Surely that's what we're all about. If we're about nothing else, this is what we're here to do. We're here to pray for people, to put an arm around them, to help them out of their, of their um, confusion and oppression. The marginalised of this world. Graham had a vision basically when he first um, started to set up this church about 10 years ago that actually this should be a church for 1,000 people and 500 of those people would be people that didn't know Jesus at that stage. And that's a massive vision and dream. But those people are out there. I was reading something this week, um, I think it was in the local news actually, about the, the local um, um, council saying that this year they have to shed about £20 million off their budget. 
And then after that, there was a lady that, that runs the YMCA in this particular district came on and said, actually, the outworking of losing £20 million this year is I'm not going to get a bigger cut of that money as I did last year. So therefore, I'm going to have 16 and 17-year-olds sleeping on the street. Now, call me naive, but what are 16 and 17-year-old people doing sleeping on the streets of Derby anyway? That's absolutely shocking. But to, have, to even think that actually, in a city such as this, we've got people sleeping on the streets with nowhere to go, Surely the local church is the place that they should be investing in. Okay, finally, thank you. Okay, and then finally it says, whatever the capacity for human suffering, the church has a greater capacity for healing and wholeness. I wonder if you believe that this morning. I wonder if you can get behind those words. We know there's human suffering out there, but we've got a greater capacity. Some of the words that come this morning about the sovereignty and uh, the love of Jesus... We've got a capacity for healing and wholeness, bringing people who um, even weeks ago, months ago, may have been n- never known Jesus as their saviour. We had a wonderful testimony from Neil a couple of weeks ago about coming off the Alpha course and coming to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. We have this wonderful capacity for healing and wholeness. The next one, please. <coughs> Thanks, James. The local church is the hope for the nations, and this local church is the hope for Derby and the surrounding areas. And we're not the only local church working in Derby, I appreciate that. But actually we're concentrating on what we're doing here this morning. And we can bring hope to the hopeless, those that have no hope. And it is the the local church right across this world that is the hope for the nations. There is no other organisation or community group or company or government that can bring hope to the nations. It is only the local church when it's working right that can do that. So when we invest, what are we investing in? Hebrews 12:28 talks about a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So if you want to invest in something today, how about investing in something that can never be shaken? I can't think of a better place to invest my time and energies into. We know that everything else in this world is being shaken and sifted and there's no real security. And 1 Peter 1.23 reminds us that we have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, which is enduring, everlasting and immortal, through the living and enduring word of God. Our feet have been planted on something of strength. I'm reminded in the scripture of the wise and foolish builder, and the foolish, foolish builder who built his house upon the sands, and when the winds and the tides came in, it was washed away. And the wise builder was building on the rocks. And the rain and the wind and the waves came in basically and it stood firm, building on the right foundations. Return on investment. I wonder what that looks like to you or I. And maybe if you pick up a paper such as this, it'll tell you what you can invest in. I picked up this copy yesterday and uh, you can invest in everything that moves. You can get assurance, insurance, you can go... Euro top 100 major indices, Wall Street, unit linked insurance investments, tells you can invest in that, equities, consumer goods, child benefits, are you ready for the new year, annuities, savings accounts, credit cards, happy new year, how to survive 2013, all about your finances. Um, you can invest in children's books this year. It seems to be the thing to invest in. The Cat in the Hat. Anybody read that? Apparently it's a great investment opportunity here in the Times about that one. Matilda, Roald Dahl. 
But this paper, and most papers like it, is just filled with fear, isn't it? If you don't invest, if you don't think about your security, if you don't invest for your future, your retirement, if you don't invest in your family, there's an element of fear behind this. But the gospel is something totally different. So what in practical terms can, can we invest in and what should we continue to build upon? James, I wonder if you can put that last slide up for me, please. Here's just some of the things we're investing in as a local church. Just flash them all up, James, if you could, please. Thank you. Here's some of the things that we're about in this church. This is what our local church is involved in. So Crash, Frog Club, which is the Young People's Club, Resound, which is our youth work, Smile, which is our work for um, that we run every, every couple of weeks for disadvantaged people, for life groups, for faith, hope and enterprise we're involved in, for Alpha, hospitality, friendship, welcome teams, musicians and PA team, trustees. I want to think of some of these things here and some of the wonderful work that's going in our Crash our Frog Club and Chrissy and the team running so so much of a fantastic doing such a fantastic job in the Frog Club and you know we did some I think Chrissy did some work about local churches and how their young people's clubs are going at the moment and found there's such a few so few of them are running them now and we've got a thriving Frog Club a resound that Tim and Jen are running with the team you know two or three years well probably even this time last year we had about five or six people in that we've now got 20 to 30 people in that one smile a wonderful thing that we could do every weekend and completely fill it, and something that Holly's picked up, they're running off now. Our life groups, our Faith, Hope and Enterprise, which Kevin's runs, about um, reforming and helping people that have come out of prison. Alpha, which we run on a yearly basis, and all these other things are in the church. I can't think of uh, better things to invest in than, than things here, on the things that are up on the wall there. But why do we invest? Because one day, Jesus will return for his bride. And in scriptures, his church has talked about his wonderful bride. And Revelation 21.2 says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. We are the bride, his church is the bride, and Jesus is the bridegroom. He loves us. I think we already heard that word that Oscar brought this morning. God loves his church and his people. And he gave up his only son for us. What love is that? Returning for his bride. We don't know when that will be. You read scriptures. Some say, it says in the scripture, in a twinkling of an eye. When will that happen? Will it be in our lifetime? I wonder. But what about the preparation? How should a bride prepare for a bridegroom? Surely there should be a sense of excitement, anticipation. Love is normally in the air, isn't it? Normally there's an engagement of some sorts on a sort of a human level. There's lots of wooing, flowers and gifts for those who are engaged and getting, up, getting married. And on the day, the bride, her dress, her makeup, her hair have to be just right. The venue and the food should be the best. And all in all, the day is planned to be perfect. We are called to build something of beauty in the local church in preparation for the bridegroom's return. And our motivation for this should come through our love for God but let me be brutally honest for a moment I know something of the grace of God I know something of the love of Christ and the fellowship of his wonderful Holy Spirit and I've experienced many wonders and miracles in my lifetime but sometimes 
my body and thoughts will not come into line with my experiences and knowledges of the kingdom. Sometimes my passion for Christ seems hard to find and I realise that I need to draw near to God and to pursue his presence with even more vigour. Paul in his letter to the Corinthians helps us with this illustration of an athlete preparing for a race, 1 Corinthians 9, 25 to 27. It says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, says Paul, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. and I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will be not disqualified from the prize. And the Bible talks about our bodies as our sinful nature. Our flesh gets in the way sometimes, doesn't it? And Paul's reminding us we need to bring our bodies under control as they can and will let us down. Oh, I don't want to get up this morning, church. God, it's a bit of a hassle getting there. I don't want to get up and do that. I don't want to get to that. It's our body, basically. We need to bring that under control, as Paul so ably puts it in his words. So that's the body. lets us down. But what about our mind, which is so often the entry point for negative, destructive and divisive thoughts? Well, again, Paul helps us out here in Romans 12.2. He says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. We're in the world, but we're not of it. If you're a Christian here this morning, yes, we live in this world, but actually we've been bought with a price. So therefore we've been set apart for God. But our minds are still open to all sorts of deceits and lies and everything. And we need to be careful and we need to be wise about renewing our mind on a day-to-day basis. And we're also encouraged to be being filled with his Holy Spirit, aren't we? It's an ongoing, continual thing. So if someone's prayed for you months or years ago for the infilling of the Holy Spirit and you haven't asked God to top you up, then maybe today's the day that you ask God to do that. Matthew 26 verse 41 reminds us that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And I don't know about you if that that sort of sits with you, but... um, We've certainly had quite a challenging Christmas, I think, for the last three or four weeks as a family. And you know, actually, God, I want to break through here. You know, the spirit really wants to break through, but sometimes the flesh just drags you down, doesn't it, actually? The body, the sinful nature gets in the way. So I want to thank those that continually work hard in the kingdom and for this church. I want to thank you those who may be inspired and get involved in one of the ministries that came up on that slide, the last slide we saw, or indeed feel there is something else God is calling them to instigate. You are all building on something that cannot be shaken, something of beauty, and something at the very heart of God's plan for his salvation. So I want to pray uh, corporately and then individually if people want to come forward for that one, but I was just struck by this verse in Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And I'm aware in any church, in any life situation, basically, there are people that have thrown themselves at ministries in the church, people that have worked hard, 
people that continue to work hard and um, but sometimes we just need a bit of a top up don't we we just need to have our passion restored for Christ we just need, literally need someone coming alongside us and just saying can I just pray with you and let the Holy Spirit do his wonderful work in our lives and I wonder if that's a time such as this so in a minute I'm just going to ask you all to stand if I could and I'm going to pray over the church and then I'm going to ask if there's any individuals that want individual prayer just a bit of support a bit of an arm around the shoulder a bit of a top up from the Holy Spirit to come down to the front as well so can I ask you to stand first of all please I said it wouldn't be long this morning and I don't apologise for that but I just want to ask you if you possibly can just to concentrate on the local church and the beauty of the local church it's God's plan for salvation and you might look around and you think crikey there's lots of gaps and there's lots of things I don't particularly like about the local church I'm in you'll never find the perfect church it just doesn't exist but actually whilst you're in the church any church we need to push on with God we need to make sure that some of those slides we showed earlier that we're doing we're investing in we're building upon so can I just pray for this church first of all I wonder if you can just just raise your hands for a second please Father God we just want to acknowledge this morning Lord God that sometimes it's hard Lord we, we want to be real this morning we want to say sometimes Lord it is really hard what we've been called to Father it's not an easy work and it can be physically and mentally demanding Lord God but this morning Lord I just pray for this church Lord God would you restore a passion for you this morning Lord I say Holy Spirit would you fall upon us even now even where we're standing right now Lord God would you blow away the cobwebs as it were help us shake the dust off our feet Lord Father renew us in our spirits and in our minds Lord God encourage us to go again for this wonderful wonderful local church Lord God Father your people on a mission for you Lord God your family on a mission for you Lord Father I pray build bridges Lord give us breakthrough Lord give us fruits in this year ahead I pray God where we've had disappointments in the past I pray that we can leave that at the foot of your cross Lord God and move on Father where we're inspired Father I pray we can take others with us on that journey Lord Father God, we thank you so much for what you're doing in the, in the local church across the world, Lord. Father, it is a hope to the nations, Lord God, and this church should be a hope to Derby and the surrounding areas, Lord. Father, help us to get it right. Father, help us to be an embracing church, Lord God. Father, we don't want some middle-class group of people gathering on a Sunday, Lord God. Father, we know there's a hurting city out there, people sleeping on the streets, people that are marginalised and oppressed. Father, we want to play our part in that, Lord God. I pray for many of those people that will come and join this church. Make us ready, Lord God. Help us to invest in the base. Lord, help us to build strong ministries in this church, Lord God, so that when you bring growth, as you surely will, Lord God, that, Father, we will be able to cope with that, Lord God. It won't be something that catches us out, causes surprise in the midst, Lord God, but we will just embrace that growth, Lord God, because you've gone before us. So, Father, would you invigorate us Lord again I pray Lord God Spirit of God just fall upon us right now invigorate us for the future Lord God I pray this will be such a massively motivational year for us as a church Lord God Father but we can't do it without you we know Lord God without you we're going nowhere if you take your hand off this church Lord God we are nothing but with your hand upon us Lord God we can do anything we put our hand to Lord God our potential 
is unlimited. Our power, Lord God, is unlimited. Father, we only limit ourselves, Lord God. Father, give us big dreams this year, big visions, Lord God. Father, I pray for this prayer meeting at the end of the month, Lord God. Father, would you bring big vision to us, Lord. Father, we want to see what you have for this church, for this city, for the lost, Lord God. So we just commit ourselves to you, Lord God, and say, would you use us, Lord? And maybe using us, Lord God, might mean we step out in different areas over the next few weeks. Maybe there's some ministries we didn't put up on the wall that you feel called to, in which case I'd love to hear from you. Oh, Father, we want to build something of beauty, Lord God. We want to invest in something that cannot be shaken, Lord God. We love your church, Lord God, with all its frailties and fables, Lord God. We know it's not perfect, Lord God, and we know we're not perfect. But we serve a perfect, sovereign God this morning. And Father, we lay it all down again and say, Lord God, would you use us, your people, to build something of beauty in this city? In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. So I wonder, basically, we're just going to sing a song, and I just wonder if there's anybody here that really feels, actually, I, I hear what you're saying, John, but actually I really, I really just need a touch of the Holy Spirit. I, I've lost my passion for what I'm doing in the church, or I've lost my passion for the church, and I can relate to that to a degree. In, in some respects, what we've been through over Christmas, it's, it's jarred my passion for the church, and I don't intend to let that, to, to let myself be robbed of that. I'm going I'm to come back with all guns blazing on this one. But it may be that you're going through a, a situation in your life now, basically you think, I've just, I'm just hanging on here by my fingernails. So if that's you, we'd love to pray for you. As we sing this next song, I'm not going to make another sort of big response call. We're going to sing a song. If you want some prayer, individual prayer, just for God to restore your passion and your fervour for the local church, then we'd love to pray for you at the front. If you don't want any prayer, then please, we're going to sing a song and then bless you. Thank you for coming. We're going to serve some tea and coffee out there and some donuts. Let me just quote this Hebrews verse over us before we sing the song. It says, Hebrews 4.16 says, Then let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. So if you've got a time of need... Coming back to the word that Oscar brought about not being worthy, that has definitely spoken to some people here now. That might not be something you publicly want to respond to. It may be something you deal with on your own. That's fine. But if you don't feel you're worthy, God God says you are worthy. And as Oscar quite rightly says, Jesus died so that we might be made worthy. So if you want prayer for passion, restoration of passion, if you don't feel you're worthy to carry on basically or worthy to receive what God has for you, then we'd love to pray for you. So... Thanks, Naomi. If you could sing, if you could take us through a song, and then we'll be down here to pray for you if anybody that wants prayer. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.